Hi, and welcome to Grief Talk, the podcast where we talk about grief. I'm your co-host, Susanna, and I'm joined here by my fellow co-host, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Hi, sis. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I always think about whenever we do this, I think about how when we answer the phone with each other, we always go, hiya, sis. Hiya, sis. (laughs) So I'm always tempted to go, hiya, sis. Yeah. (laughs) Um, How have you been lately? I've been good. I've been good. We are uh, in the middle of holiday madness here. So I feel like our most recent episode about navigating the holidays while grieving is just very pertinent. So but pertinent. other than that, you know, we're we're doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. And I told you before we started recording, I wanted to tell you a story. I know. And it's been <laughs> killing me. This is Susanna. And I literally... This is kind of a side note tangent, but I feel like this is almost like a little surprise because I just have no idea what you're going to say. And I love surprises. I love, surprises I love giving surprises. I love receiving surprises. So love this it. is my little surprise for the day. So please tell me your story, Sarah. So I, I wanted to um, tell you about this on the podcast because... Um, you wanted my actual reaction? Well, yeah, I do. And I I have a feeling we're going to eventually talk about this a little bit, okay. maybe down the road a little bit more. But um, it's a story about uh, food. So a couple of nights ago, I was out with some friends. Uh, we went downtown Nashville. Uh, we went to a Preds game, which was super, super fun. Mm-hmm. And um, I ate a hot dog. And I, I want to tell you about me eating a hot dog. <laughs> When was the last time you ate a hot dog? I mean, I don't know. Actually, I do know. It was, uh, it was like 12 years ago. No, no, no. Probably like three months ago. Really? Yeah. I mean, I like hot dogs. So here's my story. We were out, we went to get dinner first and then we went to this Preds game and then we went out after on Broadway. Uh, and I've been on a journey and you know about this. I feel like we've both been on a journey to love myself better. Yeah. And to be kind to ourselves, yes, to be kind to myself specifically in regards to food and exercise, because I lived a lot of my life being very restrictive about food Mm -hmm. and using food as a way to reward myself and punish myself and using exercise as a way not to reward myself, only to punish myself. And, um, I would say, you know, it's been about a year, about a year ago, maybe a little bit more than a year ago, I really turned a corner. And I, I haven't weighed myself in a year, a little, probably a little bit over a year. I love that. Thanks to you. You have yeah. really empowered me to, even I've had doctor's appointments. I had a doctor's appointment about two months ago and turned around on the, when, you know, I let them weigh me, but I, I turned around um, and I didn't even know that was an option until you Yeah. The that. little side note, this is Susanna. Um, you never like you never have to know how much you weigh. Like never. no one cares. Yeah. Literally, let me just tell you, no one. Nobody cares. Cares. And I know this doesn't really have anything to do with grief, but it kind of does in a mm-hmm. way. Um, but when you go to the doctors and they inevitably have to weigh you, you can always turn around and it's not a big deal. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And I never thought about that, but like it's optional for me to know how much I weigh because mm-hmm. so much of my life, it was like, get it's up, tied brush to the my scale, teeth, weigh, weigh yourself. Yep. And, um, God, I hate that. I hate it too. And you know, oh, I, I hate that. I hate diet culture. Me too. Oh, I hate Halloween, but I, you know what? I think I hate diet culture even more. Yeah, me too. They're on the same list. Oh God. So, okay. So you ate this hot dog. So I ate a hot dog. Okay. So, so basically picture this. 
about a year ago, um, I developed a new way of thinking about food uh, thanks to Tiffany Rowe, and we'll link. To Shout Tiffany out Rowe. Tiffany! We love we love our girl Tiff, um, and so basically, she has this model of just asking yourself what sounds good um, when it comes time to be hungry, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, do I want something that's warm and slurpy and soupy, or do I want something that's Cold and crunchy. Cold and crunchy and fresh. And, you know, my body knows what it wants. It knows what it it wants to eat. And so uh, I'm really used to doing that. I love that. I used to be really strict about what I ate and meal planning and even the time of day. And like, you know, I'm only allowed to eat these times a day. And I just don't do that anymore. So basically to get to my story, we're on Broadway and I get hungry. And I'm used to eating when I'm hungry now. Mm -hmm. And I'm really thankful for that. And I didn't have my purse with me. And so that means I didn't have a snack. And I was like, dang, I am really, really hungry. Well, it's like 1230 a.m. <laughs> on a prime, Thursday night. Prime time on Broadway. Well, yeah. And like you can't just go and get French fries from somewhere. And um, I round a corner and there's a hot dog cart sitting there. Is it Daddy's Dogs by any chance? Susanna, I literally couldn't even tell you. I don't even know. I it hear that. Just... I do hear they have really good hot dogs. Well, this was a really good hot dog. So. Good. It was like this involuntary response. Like I didn't even think what was happening until the guy had my card <laughs> and I had a hot dog in my hand and I was out with some friends and I, um, you know, he's like, do you want this on your hot dog? Do you want this? And I told him what I wanted on it and I paid for it and whatever it was. And then I'm just standing on the corner of the street eating a hot dog. And before I know it, I just ate this hot dog. And um, I'm telling you this story because I would have judged myself for I want to say this I like hot dogs yeah and I'm allowed to like hot dogs you're totally allowed to and I think you know a year ago I would have not eaten a hot dog especially not in front of like friends because it doesn't seem you know it doesn't fit it doesn't fit the narrative of like health health and fitness and all this kind of stuff and um and one of my friends actually who I've gotten to know real well over these you know in the past year she was like man that's just like so Sarah to just eat a hot dog on the on the side of the street and I just thought I'm so glad like that's just me you know that, what a great thing to be known for <laughs> so anyway I thought you'd be proud of me I I'm ate a hot so dog proud and I you. didn't think anything of it and it was great and you know what I fed my body and you know I gave it what it needed food freedom food freedom is something that is attainable and there's a lot of hard work mm-hmm. that's involved depending on what your journey looks like and what your past has looked like. But coming from a girl who has struggled with disordered eating and body image issues, and I, I know a lot of people can relate to that, um, when, you, when you kind of crack that code, and this is Susanna speaking, by the way, I've been told I need to actually like say my name yeah. more. <laughs> But when you crack that code and you do turn that corner, it really, it is eye-opening when you start to realize how diet culture and what you think is a healthy way to live your life, but is actually a really, really unhealthy way to live your life Mm -hmm. mentally and how you think about your body, um, it, it is it is shocking how it can really weave itself deep, deep into your life. And it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of uh, practice to um, basically unwind yes. what has been woven. And retrain your and ways retrain. of thinking. Exactly. And, you know, I I think we could definitely talk about this. I could talk about this 
for hours. I actually, I'm so sorry. This is kind of random, but I'm going to say it. Don't say it. Because it just flows. But this is our show. This is our show. No one else's. (laughs) So I, Susanna, work from home. And I spend a lot of time just thinking. I I just think a lot. And, you know, I'll have meetings kind of sporadically throughout the week but where I interact with other people. But other than that, I'm perfectly content to just be in my little bubble and think and, you know, consume information and read. And I love that. So I actually was thinking the other day, and I almost did an Instagram poll. You love your Instagram polls. <laughs> I love polls. Instagram polls. But I stopped myself because I was like, this is kind of dumb and like, I don't know, but I'm going to just say it anyway. So I was thinking like, what are topics of conversation that I love? If I could choose the topic topic of conversation, what would it be? And I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, well, it would probably be about cycle bar. And then it would probably be about how much I love going to the chiropractor. And then it would also be about how effed up diet culture is and how wonderful our bodies are and how hard they work and they should be praised. And this is not a pass to say, eat whatever you want. And this is not a pass to say, stop eating so much. Like it's Mm -hmm. not that, like it's, it's more than that. But I don't know. I was just thinking about like, this is something that I personally am so passionate about and I have no chill when it comes to these conversations. And like, even sometimes with like the people that I love, and that I'm closest to when they start talking about their bodies or whatever, like I'll scream. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 nope, we're not doing that. We, we are, we don't have time for that. Yeah. Your body is beautiful. Yeah. Well, and I am living proof that, um, you know, my intrinsic value and worth did not change before or after I ate that hot dog. True that. So, you know, I'm just me. Hot dog or no hot dog. <laughs> and I love that you enjoyed that. And I'm so glad that you shared that story. Yeah. Me too. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, are you ready to jump in? <laughs> I guess we should. Okay, we should talk a, about grief. I guess a nice little glimpse into um, what a normal. I I, w- I actually thought about calling you and telling you that, and then I was like, oh, you know what? This would be a good thing to share on the podcast. So if you ever wonder what Sarah and I talk about, because we talk a lot, we do talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I actually asked you yesterday on the phone. I was like what did I say? I was like, if I ever share too much with you, just let me know. And you were like, like, never, never share enough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, today Um, we are going to talk about questions. Um, this is a part one of two parts. This is a part one of two parts. So this episode is specifically for, uh, people who have recently lost someone, um, or maybe even not so recently lost someone. And so we're going to specifically address questions that, and this all comes from our personal experience. So these are questions that we have been asked uh, and that I can only speak for myself here. I wasn't prepared to answer. And so what we want to do, because we are really devoted and committed in our mission statement, you know, and in our vision for this space to equip people who are grieving. You know, we want to equip Uh, those people who have lost somebody with some answers and some options when they are inevitably asked these questions. Mm -hmm. Um, But we want to start out by saying this before we we give anybody any um, tools or anything like that. You don't owe anyone an answer to any question ever. So, and that's hard to do. That's really hard hard to to do. do. And it literally has taken me personally, it's taken, this is Susanna again, um, years, years. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it's still, you know, it'll come up in conversations because you're inevitably like, even though Leland passed away, you know, just over five years ago, you're going to meet new people. Yes. It's going to come up in conversation. You're going to get questions. And my method is I just shut it down. Yeah. And that is a fair way. And, and you'll hear from both of us, you know, throughout this episode of ways that we have chosen not to answer questions sometimes. So we just want to say that first is, um, you know, you don't ever have to answer a question. I mean, you literally can just stare at somebody blankly. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to do it. So, all right. Well, you want to jump in with the first question? I'll go ahead and start. Yeah. So Sarah's going to kick us off with one of the, I feel like, most common questions we have been asked, and I'm sure other grieving people have been asked, and some ways to respond. So Sarah, I'll uh, kick it over to you. Okay. First one, how are you? Ugh. Yeah. Makes me want to gag. So this isn't one of those things, I mean, after Leland's accident and after his funeral, you know, it was a long time before somebody asked it like this. How are you? It, It didn't sound like that. It sounded like this. Well, first of all, their head would kind of move to one side and squint their eyes a little bit and they would say, how are you? And I want to say this. I never wanted to say good. And I also didn't want to say how not good I was. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like this is a question with no good answer or really not even an authentic answer. Um. But it's one that I got a lot. I think probably you got a lot. Yeah. And it also depends on who's asking the question. Mm-hmm. Um, because if it's someone who is really, really close to you, then it's easier. It can be easier to let that guard down and say, you know, I'm not good today. Yeah. I'm really having a hard day. But for the most part, the people that see you, they're kind of in those like, you know, extended kind of layers of friend groups or more acquaintances or coworkers than anything. And right. There really isn't a good way to answer it. Yeah. So one possible answer I could say is, you know, I'm taking it one day at a time uh, because that's how it feels, especially in early grief is, you know, you, it was for me hardly bearable to think about tomorrow. So I'm just going to think about today. Um, so that is one way to answer. If somebody says, you know, how are you? I'm taking it one day at a time. Um, another one that you can say is, you know, I'm glad to be here. So maybe somebody sees you at church or at work or uh, at the grocery store or at your kid's school. Um, you know, you can you can say, I'm glad to be here. Uh, another one that I like because it feels honest is um, to say, you know, I'm struggling, but I'm grateful to have support. Uh, that's something that we hope um, you find as a grieving person is support, whether it's, uh, you know, your family members or the, I, I really hope it's the support of a mental health counselor or a spiritual leader in your life. You know, um, it's important to have that support and it's okay to tell somebody, you know, I'm struggling, but I'm grateful that I have some support. Cause I think if you were to say I'm struggling, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, it's, it's not funny, but it is kind of funny to think about how would somebody respond to that? You know? Right. Right. But I think that's a way that you could live authentically and just say, I'm struggling and I have support. Yeah. And if you just want to say, I'm struggling, even if you do have support, if you just want to say, I'm struggling, that's also fair too. And guess what? Like you don't have to say anything after that. And it might be really uncomfortable for the person asking the question, but guess what? You didn't have to ask the question. Maybe they would learn a lesson. Yep. Never ask that again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the last thing I want to say here on this one is, uh, 
and this can really be applied to any of the questions. You know, you can redirect with a question about them. So if it's somebody that you know that's kind of an acquaintance, maybe you see them on Facebook and they went on a trip recently, you know, you could say, you know, I'm okay. How was your trip? I saw that you went to, you know, the Cayman Islands or whatever. Um, or current events or, hey, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up or something. What are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? Are y'all going in town? You know, redirect, redirect with a question about them. Um, that's kind of a safe way to, to show somebody, I don't really want to talk to you about this, so I want to hear something about you. And one thing that <laughs> one thing that our dad says is people love to talk about themselves. So it should only take one question before somebody, um, you know, start talking about themselves. They love that. That's so true. So. <laughs> All right. You want to jump in with our next question? Sure. So this is Susanna again. Gosh, I need to be better about that. It's okay. I'm just going to keep introducing myself. <laughs> That's totally fine. Our okay. parents said that it was hard to tell us apart, so we're trying to be we better We used to prank this. call all the time when we were little. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, okay, so I have the next question that is really commonly asked, or at least it was for uh, Sarah and I, um, and it is, how can I help? Um, this really just depends on who's asking um, and also if they knew your person um, or kind of are more familiar with your circumstance. Um, It can also be really daunting and overwhelming to think about, well, how can you help? I mean, there's so many ways, but also um, my mind has gone blank, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, One thing that I I really love that we have here is, um, you know, you could say, could you share a story if that person, you know, was good friends with, you know, for us with Leland or, um, you know, knew him in some kind of capacity that had a story to share. That was just so special because it keeps, it it keeps them alive in a sense that we're sharing memories Mm -hmm. of our person. And also Leland was a grown adult. Um, you know, he was 26 when he passed away and he had such a wide, um, and vast friend group that, you know, obviously we didn't attend everything he attended and we didn't know everyone, um, that he knew, um, cause he was friends with everyone that he came in contact with. And so, you know, there are some really wonderful stories that we've heard from, you know, friends of his that have asked, you know, how can I help? Well, you can share a story. What story do you have with Leland? Um, that, that is helpful. I feel like to at least, for my grieving heart, and I think also for yours, Sarah, um, I, I just, I love those memories. Yeah, absolutely. I want to yeah. say, too, that in the moment, that might kind of put somebody on the spot just a little bit, again, depending on who they are. And it might also be difficult in the moment to hear a story, but one thing that you could even more specifically ask for is, um, would you mind to write down a story or a memory with him? And can yeah. you send it to me? Yeah. You know, could you send it to me in an email? Because that way, too, you know, you can read it whenever you're ready. Yeah. Um, but I, I really like that one. I think that's a really good one. Yeah. I, I really like that too. Um, another way you could answer, how can I help is, um, I mean, you can just be honest. Um, if you're not sure, you can say, I'm not sure, but I'll keep you in mind if I need anything. That's honestly kind of my go-to because, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty self-sufficient and private person. Mm -hmm. And if I really need something, I'm going to let you know. I don't need anything from you right now other than maybe to talk about something else or, you know, you can then, you know, redirect the conversation from there. But that's kind of a a safe bet if you don't feel comfortable talking specifically about your grief or about, you know, the person that you've lost. Um, 
you can always just say, you know, I'll keep you in mind. Yeah, I think that's a good one too. Yeah. Um, so if this question is asked of you um, shortly after your person has passed away, um, another way you can respond is you can say, you know, hey, so-and-so set up a meal train if you'd like to bring us dinner. Um, I feel like in our society, we are so, we, we just, we want to do something. We, we need to do something when someone is hurting or grieving and um, bringing someone a meal or signing up for a meal train is just a really practical way to care for a grieving person. Um, so that is, you know, if you even know who set up the meal train or, you know, if you have one set up, then that's just a really easy way to just kind of direct someone to actually, you know, take action in quote unquote helping you. Yeah. Cause like you are going to need to eat. Yeah. Meeting. It's meeting a very practical need. Exactly. I think that's great. Um, and then the last one that I have here for a response, this is also another one that I kind of fall back on. Um, is just pray for me or think of my family. Um, whenever you think of our person, just just pray for us because that is so important. And you might, depending on what your um, faith looks like, your faith walk or your spirituality or you know whatever you want to call it, um, you might feel like, oh, prayer, that doesn't really, like, what good is that going to do? It can, it can do really incredible and healing things. And at least that's what I firmly believe. And so, um, but I also take prayer very seriously. I'm the prayer warrior in the friend group. So, um, that is something that means a lot to me knowing that someone is praying for me and not just, you know, it's not just the Southern, oh, I'll pray for you. It's like, no, if you're going to, like, you better pray for me. Let's yeah. pray right now. Yeah. Let's do it, yeah. you know. Um, so anyway, that, like that that's, uh, that's the how can I help section. Love how can you help. Okay, the next question I have, this is Sarah, is what happened? Um, when I mentioned earlier I was unprepared for questions, this was one that I was really not prepared for. And it's one that I think is probably up there with how are you that I've been asked really frequently. Which seems like such an invasion of privacy. I mean, so inappropriate, I can hardly explain. I mean, it's just so inappropriate. And I want to say, too, this question lights me up for a myriad of reasons. But one of which is it's none of your damn business. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Mom. Our mom said something about us saying bad words okay, on the podcast. Okay, but also where did we learn those words from? Yeah, okay, true. I hope she's not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> We're grown adults. It's okay. Okay, so it's none of their business. It's just, and also I want to say this too. It doesn't matter. Death is always tragic. Every yeah. single death is tragic. And how someone passed away is just not relevant to is that going to make it more sad? 100%. And that's what I think. That's that why, lights me up. Th- yes. And that's why I think people ask it is because they want to know. Because, you know, deep down, uh, we as humans, we're always trying to find connections with people. And sure. we're very empathetic people, some of us more than others. But what we're trying to figure out is, I think subconsciously, well, I have a brother. How did your brother die? Was he sick? Well, I know my brother's sick, so my brother's not going to die like that. You know what I mean? I Mm. think people are trying to figure out, could this happen to me? 
I think that's why people ask that. Regardless, it, it doesn't matter why people ask. I think some people are just plain nosy and 100%. they just, and I think that also speaks to whoever's asking what happened. Chances are, I'm willing to bet money, they haven't been through it, a, a tragic loss. Absolutely. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. So I want to say this, not a ton of people ask me what happened soon after his death. Um, in terms of like, well, how did he die? Because most people just knew for however they knew, they just knew. Um, people have asked for details like, you know, about how he passed away or whatever um, with his accident. And um, But I will say, kind of like you said, Susanna, that, you know, it's been over five years I've met new people and I've talked about my siblings and, you know, it, it happens and we'll go into more detail about this later about how to kind of introduce your person mm-hmm. who has passed away um, to new people. And that's where I've gotten most of the questions. And I want to give a specific example. I was um, in my place of work and a woman who had known me for a while said, <laughs> she said it this way. I never did get to hear how your brother died. What happened? As oh, if, like she's entitled to like know? Like she deserves to know. And I... You better be glad I wasn't there. I am glad that you weren't <laughs> there. You probably would have... I yeah. would have lit her up. Yes, you would have. Um, and I mean, I think she saw it on my face. I was just like, are you kidding me? But anyway, um, here. so <laughs> there's a lot of preface there. But here's a couple of ways that um, you can answer. This was one that... Um, that mom told me, and I really like this one. You know, I'm really glad to tell you about his life, but the details of his death are private. And I think that really quickly shuts people down. Yeah. And I think that shows them politely what you just asked is really inappropriate, and I'm not going to answer your question. Mm. So use that one. And I've used it. I have used that, and I used it with that lady, you know. How did she respond? Um she kind of looked down and was like, oh, 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 I just meant, you know, kind of back. What, did, what, well, what did you mean? Right. Could you clarify that then? Cause it sounds like you're just really curious. No, I didn't say any oh, of that, God. but um, I'm so sorry that you had that experience. Me too. But you know what? I'm thankful that it's something I get to share with other people. That's true. And, and help equip them. Um, another one, a little bit more uh, blunt would be to say, I don't feel comfortable sharing that or to just simply say, no, thank you. I mean, you can say that's that. legit. You can say, oh, no, thanks. I'm not comfortable sharing that. And that is, you know, real, just very clear with someone. Uh, another good one is to say, it's not helpful for me to discuss what happened because people, and like you just said, are so quick, I think, in our society and our culture to try and help and really to fix grief because it makes us feel uncomfortable. And so I think it can kind of point out, this is not helpful to me. It's not helpful for me to discuss what happened. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is, you know, it is, I think it's good and I think it's helpful to be equipped with a very quick um, one word or two word summary of what happened. Um, like an accident. And that's what I say. Um I say he passed away in an accident. I don't even say car accident because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, or if someone was ill, you can say, um, you know, they were sick. And then if someone continues to ask questions, because that's, that's actually what happened with that lady. Um, I told her that I didn't feel, or maybe it was, maybe I said something f- first before I told her I wasn't comfortable discussing the details because she specifically asked, um, was he sick? 
And I said, no. And then she asked again. And that's when I said, I don't feel comfortable sharing that. Or, or I said, what, what did I say? The, um, I'm happy to tell you about his life, but I don't feel comfortable discussing his death. Because are we really going to take all of Leland's life and muddle it down into how he died? Yeah. Is that fair? Well, and what does that say about him? That doesn't tell anybody about who he who he was, who he still is to me. Yeah. The memories that I have with him. You know, those memories that I have with him are not in his death. They're in his life. Oh, 100%. So I feel like the most helpful thing for somebody to do is not ask, you know, what happened. And this also makes me feel, this is Susanna, this also makes me feel like I feel like I'm on a Zoom call when I'm like, this is Susanna. Um, <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, though, it, it, it almost feels judgy in a way based yeah. on how the person passed. You know, did did they take their own life? Right. Or were they battling cancer? Yeah. Or was it an accident? Or was it a drug overdose? Right. I mean, for me, what difference does it make? Yes. A loss is a loss. And how dare you want this information for your own good? Because what good is that going to do? And also, it feels kind of judgy in a way. Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? 100%. Like, are, do you kind of get what I'm saying? I absolutely understand what you're saying. I absolutely yeah. understand what you're saying. It doesn't make a difference. It doesn't. No. All right. You want to go with the next one? Yeah. That man, it's been a while since I've been asked what happened, and I've only been asked that a handful of times. Mm. And it's like what I said earlier; like it has taken me years to figure out like how for me to comfortably, well, as comfortably as I can, answer that question. Um, because in the past, I felt like I owed an explanation to right. people. Right. Guess what? I don't. Yeah. You don't. A grieving person doesn't – you don't owe anyone anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the next question that I have, Susanna again, is um, it, it kind of – it kind of goes hand in hand with what happened. Um, it's how did you find out? Um, and really all I'm going to say for this one is uh, see above. Yeah. Because – for me personally, even some of the closest people around me did not know how I found out about Leland's death until I recorded the, uh, my my story on the podcast. I'll even say that for me as your sister, I didn't know until we recorded that. Yeah. I didn't know. And and that's I didn't okay. Need to know. Yeah, that's okay. Like would that again, it goes back to what we just discussed. Would that make the situation any more tragic yeah. or less tragic? Well, and I want to say that too, that just like I said, this is Sarah, just like I said, death is always tragic. Finding out that someone died is always traumatic. That's traumatic. I yeah. want to, I w- and I that's don't like big, to speak that's, in that's superlatives. Big, that's big T trauma. It's big T trauma. Finding out or, or even being there when someone passes away. Yeah. It really affects people. So I think this is one of those questions that people only ask if they've never faced it. Yeah. Um, and like we said earlier, these are questions that we have been asked. And, you know, this is personal experience, you know, hearing. And I have one memory in particular of someone asking our mom, who told you? 
Who told you that your son had died? And, you know, that's infuriating. That it somebody it would truly think that is. That's their business. And it almost knocks the wind out of you. Yes. In a way. Or feels like a gut punch when you're asked those questions because the people that are going to be asked, I know we've said this before, but the people that are going to be asking you these questions are people that are not more than likely in your close circle of friends or family. Yes. And have probably also never experienced a um a tragic loss or big t trauma yeah um that's not to say that you know they haven't walked through a quote-unquote hardship in life because we all have inevitably in one way shape or form but it's incredibly inappropriate yeah yeah absolutely so yeah, I mean, any of, any of the responses that we just talked about in terms of what happened would be perfectly fine responses for somebody um, asking you, how did you find out? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the next question we have here. This is Sarah. Um, one, one thing that somebody asked me at Leland's visitation, this is when I got this question. So, uh, you know, just a few days after he died, um, this woman asked me, what was the last thing he said to you? Um, Woof. Or, you know, somebody could also ask, when did you last see them or whoever it is that died? Um, and I want to say you can share. You don't have to share. For me personally, uh, you know, Susanna, you were with Leland the night before he passed away. And it was the night of the he, night, the the night, night of he passed away. Yeah, of yeah. his accident. Yeah. Um, I had seen him about a week before. I do, I do remember a, a conversation that we had on the phone a few days before he passed away. But, you know, I don't have a specific memory of, like, you know, burned into my mind because I didn't know he was going to die. Yeah. So I remember feeling a sense of panic and feeling like I had forgotten mm. when that woman asked me that question. And it was, again, not helpful. And – also incredibly inappropriate right incredibly inappropriate yeah and I you know I do want to give people a little bit of grace because it must be nice to not know (laughs) to not ask these kinds of questions and everybody's kind of working with what they have you know people operate from their own personal experience um but if you're listening to this and you're loving on somebody who's grieving, maybe you could, you know, pick up a couple of things from this. Yeah. So anyway, I want to say you can share. You don't have to share. You do not have to share with anybody um, or, or you can with the last memory that you have with them is or the last thing they said to you. Um, and one response could be, you know, those memories are difficult for me to talk about right now. And again, that just kind of shuts it down and says... I'm not ready to, to talk about that at this moment. So just know that that's a perfectly appropriate response. Yeah. Um, okay, so the second to last question, this is Susanna, um, that I'm going to go over is, were you close? Um, I find this also very invasive. And if you knew anything about my life, you would know that I'm incredibly close with my siblings. And even if I weren't, does that make it any less sad? Right. Um, so it's it's kind of like what Sarah just said. You can share or you don't have to share. It is completely your call. You get to be in control of how you want to answer these questions and how much you want to share. And if you feel led to or called to share, great. If you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to say anything. Right. Um, 
but a practical way to answer if you feel like you you need to say something. Um, you can say, I love or I loved my person and I miss them very much. I think that's a great response. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then the last question we have here um, is, do you, one thing that somebody has asked me, do you have other siblings? Uh, and one time somebody's asked me, do your parents have other children? Which I thought was a real impersonal way of asking if I had other siblings. But anyway, um, yeah. I'm just flabbergasted. The nerve. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. So I want to say it's okay to be honest, you know. I mean, there's kind of only one answer to this. Either, yes, you have other siblings or you don't. And um, and so here's here's a couple of responses. If you don't have other siblings or other children, or maybe it's a parent who passed away and they want to ask, somebody might ask you, is your other parent still living? You know, um, one, one answer could be no, and we miss them very much. So if I didn't have other siblings, I could tell somebody no, and I miss Leland a lot. Uh, and again, that just kind of ends the conversation. Now, for me personally, I do have other siblings. And so my response is yes, and it doesn't hurt any less. So true. And I would even say, and again, I only have my personal experience of having four siblings. It's even more people to miss him. Um, yeah. So it's not like we have spare kids in our family who make up for, you know. Oh, well, at least you have three other siblings. You're fine. Right, right. Like, what? oh, at least, you know, maybe your parents will have other grandchildren or something like that. Like, it, that's not how it works. Yeah. It's not how it works. And same thing if a parent were pass, to pass away. You know, you do, it's not like, oh, good, you have an extra one left over. No, that's not how it works at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make it hurt any less. Mm-hmm. So, well, those are our questions. Those are, those are Gosh, the questions that, that just we like, wrote down. It just takes me back to a time um, that was obviously incredibly hard, um, that early grief. And because I kind of like what I said before, like I, you know, don't really get these questions anymore unless I'm meeting someone new and it, siblings happen to come up in conversation. Right. Excuse me, conversation. But it. I feel like my like blood pressure is up. I'm and I'm not trying to be funny. Like these questions, it does take me back to you know, a hard time, a hard time, and how intrusive and inappropriate um, a lot of these questions are. Not all of them, and like you said, Sarah, you know, we do want to give the support person some grace in all of this, especially if they haven't specifically walked through a a death of a you know someone close to them. Um, but if you are a grieving person and you have also been asked these questions, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's hard. And I'm you know so, that it's oh, hard. It is so hard. Yeah. It's, it's hard to walk through that loss and then it's hard to, to face, you know, quote unquote normal life and right. just the really inappropriate questions that come with it. Yeah. I also want to say, this is Sarah, you know, we don't want to just dump on all these people who ask these questions and and not give them any tools either. And so, um, you know, Susanna mentioned that this is a two-part, you know, kind of episode. And so next we're going to talk specifically to support people. Because support people are are so needed. 100%. They're so needed and they play such an important role um, in, I feel like, the life of a grieving person, especially... Um, I mean, forever, but especially during those crucial, you know, first months or even years. Yeah. 
Well, and again, to go back to our mission and our vision, you know, it's it's also for the support person, for those who are loving on a grieving person as well. So uh, we just want to say that we're not going to just sit here and talk about all the bad questions. You know, we want to give support people, um, you know, here, here's something that's more helpful. Here's something that, that really could help. So um, you know, stick around. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yes. <laughs> and uh, again, we just rem- want to remind our listeners that if you ever want to write into us, um, we did get um, our first listener mail, and it was it was so precious. special. It was so special. Yeah. And uh, you know, we we read those. We we mm-hmm. really read it, and um, actually, we've read it a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> and so, if you ever want to write into us, you can do so on our website. It's grieftalkpodcast.com. Um, you can also reach out to us on Instagram at Grief Talk Podcast, uh, and we would love, love, love to hear from you. Thanks, guys. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.